Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Euro Football Talk. It is myself, Coach Mele, and Coach Sebastian Fondit. Today, we have the pleasure of having Alex Hunting. Hello. And from most of you know here in Germany, he is, has had an interesting journey coming up through the ranks. He is now currently planning on going to TCU and I believe is officially still registered as a Shrubbishaw Unicorn. And alongside him, we have his father, James Hunnig. Hi. I'll say it right now, former Nuremberg Ram, also a national team player. He currently is a teacher, okay? And so currently right now, what are we talking about, Coach Sebastian? From what we're being, from what is going around saying is we still have a lockdown. Absolutely, we still locked down. No practices allowed. Of course, the unicorns find a way to practice there. No, just kidding. Uh, yeah, the city of Schwäbisch Hall make a good example. I think everyone is trying to do the same, getting small groups, practice. But that, let's see if the bigger cities allow it too. But yeah, maybe football is back in a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I always say people have been asking me about it and what I think. I mean, from what I've been reading, I'm just going to say that at the end of the day, a small step is a big step for everybody, especially going into town this morning and seeing how stores are slowly opening up, at least for here in Robinsburg. So that's big for us. So now getting on to, to our two special guests, um, Mr. TCU himself and his dad. So how's everything going with you guys? I believe you guys are located in Roth. It's just south, uh, just south of Nuremberg, right? Yeah, that's true. South of Nuremberg and Basically, around here, it's just it's the same as in other parts of Germany. So everything is basically locked down, and they're just starting to open stuff up step by step. Um, and school for me um, is going to start uh, next week because I'm a senior and I have to prepare for my exams, and I'm going to have them uh, next month. So for me, uh, everything is going to start in a slow pace, but it's something that's going to happen and. Yeah, it's everybody's affected in a way. So we also see how everything is closed at the moment. No, definitely. I mean, I think that's interesting because also like your, your dad, James, he's also a teacher. So it's funny having that in the same household because, you know, um, how is that for you guys, for example? Because like, I'm, I mean, I'll ask you real quick, James, but like you're kind of saying right now you have to study for your exams. Do you have like some sort of virtual meetings or calls with your teachers preparing for that? Or how has that been kind of set up? So basically... We have some communication with the teachers, especially if we have some new uh, stuff they have to get to us because most of the stuff, most of the subjects we have uh, the finals about, we haven't finished uh, every topic yet. So they had to send us stuff and we had to teach it ourselves, you could say. And they, I mean, we will meet them, we will see our teachers again next week, but for now, we have to stay in contact via email and all that to just, uh, yeah. Okay. And for you, James, how's everything going for you work-wise? And you also have to head back soon to work. Like, do you, are you basically on the same type of setup where you have to kind of try to teach virtually or not really? Well, I, I try. We, we did some digital teaching and it's basically emails okay. and um, I keep them busy, but um, I've got 29 students. so. You can't imagine that it's it's not easy to, an easy task. Hundred percent. I was about to say you guys could just get on Zoom and just call everybody. You know, at once. I haven't zoomed yet. No, no. But it's basically email, and we started digital learning on the platform, okay. and uh, let's see what it what it might bring up. Okay. 
I mean, of course, we're talking in a very interesting period because for the most part right now, in many people's, let's say, lives, careers, especially not talking in terms of Alex, for example, it's like you're kind of planning to make the jump right now to TCU in the States. You know, for example, even for us sitting here, it's like we're waiting on this GFL season to kind of slowly start rolling. So it's very interesting where everybody's careers are kind of like at a we're at a pause right now you know we're kind of like the ball's trying to roll but it's not so the interesting thing is for you you know talking about your journey essentially right now you're looking at like we talked about in the pre-talk is getting into tcu essentially the winter slash spring semester is what you were talking about i mean have you been in contact with your coaches there about how that's supposed to look like right now or what's going on with that so I've been in contact with the coaches, but we haven't uh, really talked about me enrolling and when it is going to happen. But we just talked about the season stuff and how they are restricted at the moment. So it's going to be going to be interesting to see what uh, the NCAA is going to do with the football season, because in my opinion, it's tough to have a season without proper preparation. So you have to have a camp and summer camps, and you have to have the kids around for two or three months before the season starts because just injury wise you don't want anything to happen just because of the lack of preparation so it's going to be interesting to see what what they're going to do or how they're going to loosen it up and get the players back on campus but um i just hope that the season or maybe they're going to move the season or the games i just hope it doesn't affect uh, me getting over there and i also hope the travel restrictions will get loosened up again so we are allowed to travel to the u.s and but we'll see i mean everything just happens week by week so we'll see what happens right i mean because like, looking at it you had a you had an interesting journey to now be sitting in this situation because you come from being i mean i'm, I'm just going to say it, like you you you've had noise around you for the last what three four years i would say where people started taking notice of you a little bit, kind of seeing you make the jump from one program to the next and then seeing you going to the States and doing all these camps and so forth. Um, and, you know, so it's very interesting right now where we're trying to talk about, all right, we have the Corona situation, but also talking about your journey because you started off, from what I know, in the youth program in Nuremberg, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So you started off, was it flag football or how was the setup when you first started, when you when you first started playing? Because you were pretty so young. When I first started, yeah. When I first started playing, I started playing flag football, like every other kid, basically, back then in Germany. And the first time I, I played tackle football, um, I was 13 years old, I guess, or 12 or 13 years old. And basically had a flag football season in, uh, in inside in the winter and then on the field in the summer. And I did that. And I actually didn't play youth football in Nuremberg because my... First, you, you, I had two U16 years in Trebuchal after that, and then one youth, youth uh, U19 year in Trebuchal. So in Nuremberg, I basically had all my flag football, and um, we had some tackle football at the end of the year. But um, basically, everything started, everything, how I got all the knowledge about the sport, and just get to know the sport, everything happened in Nuremberg. Yeah. Right. I remember seeing you, I think it was three, four years ago, when you weren't allowed to play yet. Or at least for the Warriors, yeah. Because your brother, your brother Chris, who's actually a really good German receiver, was playing for us. I remember, I remember seeing this kid first time I ever met you. And I'm like, who is this kid, and why is he here? Like, just being honest, because I'm like, he's not practicing. I'm like, whose kid is it? 
I'm not gonna lie. I thought your 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 dad was somebody else on the team because I'm like, is this is this his kid? Like, who is this? You know, and then you're out there just throwing around the ball, trying to help out as much as you can. So at least when I kind of found out who you were, that that was your brother, it was kind of. It, I mean, it was it was an impression because you don't really see that. That's like let's say when we talk about in the states in college, for example, and somebody let's say gray shirts or red shirts. It's more like in Ju in JUCO junior college. Normally, you won't see those people. Like they'll you'll see them maybe a couple practices. Then they realize, okay, per se, they, they won't have a legitimate spot on the roster, an active roster, and then you don't see them for the rest of the semester, you know? And then you see a handful of guys that, let's say, they'll stick it out and they'll still practice with the team. Like, that's what I did at JUCO. You know, I redshirted my first year, you know, because I was like this, you know, and I had to get bigger, and I was there every single practice. So that kind of like, you know, it, it, it was an impression because I'm like, you got a kid here who's not eligible to play for us or at least try out, per se, but he's here at – the week-long camp. For people that don't know it, the Bavarian Warriors, the, the regional state team out here in Bavaria, for example, um, there's, a, there's one big camp, and that is a week deal. So that was big because, I mean, you could be at home hanging out, you know, in, in Rotor or Nuremberg doing something. So that was an impression. And for me, I kind of wanted to talk about that because, I mean, first of all, knowing your parents, like your dad is a teacher, he's instilled a lot in you, also your mom, um, does that come from the way that your parents have raised you? Because I saw that from an early age that you had that. You know, so you've had that like it factor from the very like for a while from what I've seen. So the way my parents raised me, um, basically, they never forced me to do anything. They just helped me along the way in every way possible. So not only financially, but also getting me somewhere, driving me somewhere and getting me to practice. So it was my decision. I was um, talking to Luca Damlang, the OC at that time, mm -hmm. and uh, he was also coaching me uh, at some time, sometimes in the um, flag football uh, team. And my brother made the team, made the Bavarian Warriors. So I was trying to um, help in any way possible, and just I just want to be around the guys and be around football because most of the guys were my teammates, the number of guys that got to the Warriors. So I knew a lot of guys and I just want to be around and wanted to, to get to know the system because I was thinking about playing there next the, the year uh, ahead. So I, w I wasn't even sure that I'm going to go to Schwerich Hall at that moment. So um, it turned out that I never played for the Warriors, um, which is a bummer because I would have loved to play there. Mm -hmm. But um, I just had a good time to be around Luca and the coaches and to help out throwing for the receivers. So I just loved uh, being with guys that play football, that love the sport of football, because everybody that went to the weekend loves the sport and just wants to play. So I just had such a great time being around these guys because it's just a different atmosphere being at a weekend than just practice. So I had a really good time, yeah. No, definitely. Um, and, and for you, James, I mean, how has it kind of been for you? Let's say we don't have to get really in-depth yet, but kind of you seeing how your son started off you know, from those early ages, because what was it? At that time, how old are you, Alex? 14, I was 15? 14 or 15. 15 right? Yeah. Like, for 14, James, how was that for you? I mean, because I could imagine for you being a father, I mean, you've, you've been along the, the, of course, you support him and everything, but you've been side by side, basically with him, you and your wife, the whole way. And what's it like for you kind of being right next to him and kind of seeing that, that journey that he's taking right now from the beginnings when he was playing flag football in Nuremberg? Well, we missed something. He started soccer actually here in road like all the kids did in, when he was in elementary <laughs> school. And uh, <clears throat> sorry. And then we made the step to try to play football because he wanted, not Christian. It was him first. And um, so Sunny supported it right away because for, for her, the whole soccer 
thing was too small. It was yeah. not the thing she wanted. Soccer here in Germany is nice. Everybody does it, but you don't have a real perspective or prospects. So football is a big world. You go to other states, hear different dialects. And that was what we needed to bring up the kids because they should see more. That was our strategy. Okay. And so Sada supported it. She was an athlete in the German uh, Democratic Republic over there in the East. She was a sprinter. So that's why my genes and her, well, they just work perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I'm I had from some... Germany too. I'm from Dresden, so. Ah, nice. My grandma's from Dresden. <laughs> okay, and um, so I had support from her and um, she did a lot of driving. And the good thing is that we have two boys. If I had, you know, two girls, forget it. If I, if we had, you know, one girl with a pony and Alexander throwing the ball, different thing, because then you have to split up who takes care of the girl, who takes care of the boy. But this became a family thing. And when Christian knew that he could be a, you know, a hero, <laughs> a real good baller in, in football, and when he jumped on the boat, then we had two boys playing football for the Rams, and they really, they really wrote some kind of history over there. And um, then things were even easier, having two boys playing the same sport. And I never forced them because in the 80s, I remember days when, when we played really hard football here in Germany. Mm -hmm. You know, we were screaming during warm-ups. It was like getting prepared for, for a battle, for a scrimmage, like a warrior. Uh -huh. It was not about being an athlete. No, no. It was about hit hard, hard. And uh, in those days, I've seen things when we played Ansbach and Hanau. I did not want to experience again. And I did not want my kids to experience this kind of football. And then I figured out that football has changed. And uh, football is now on a pretty high level. Um, it was pretty high when the NFL Europe was here in the 90s. Yeah. But uh, now it's even better. The coaches got better. Of course, with the help of internet, everything is on a higher level. And there are no drugs involved. I can't, couldn't find them when I played in 2008. They didn't even talk about it. Mm -hmm. And that was different in the 90s. So it became a clean sport with gentlemen. And uh, I liked it. And I fell in love with it. At the age of 41, I played again. And my kids adopted this and actually played as well. And since then, we are quite happy. Perfect. And how was for you, Alex, then um, getting all the support versus also the what was the reason to say, I go already in the junior age to Schwebischal? <coughs> I mean, this is also the right Schwebischal from your home. Um, what was your mindset of doing this? You already know I'm good or you just want to be learn, getting a higher level or how, how that comes? So actually, um, I, was, I was doing a lot of camps besides practice just to get better and to be around better players um, and to have the competition as well. Um, and I was in a, at a camp at a high school in Ansbach, and I met the guy, Max Zaha. Um, he's from Bonn. He was coaching there at the time. And I talked to him about um, getting better and how I may have a shot. I wanted to play high school football back then. I wanted to play for a high school team just to be around the Friday night's atmosphere and everything. And I talked to him, and he actually got me in touch with Brandon. And he also told me if I want to uh, go to the States, I also have to step up my competition here in Germany and I was actually thinking about the same thing at the same time and then I was just trying to figure out where the best team is here in the south 
And there was Firsty, they were playing GFLJ. Um, Nuremberg also played, but they were always the, the team that I would say, yeah, the sixth team in the group that never really had a shot of making the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But um, I just felt like uh, Strebischal or Firsty was uh, the way to go. And um, when I got to my parents with that idea, they immediately actually supported me. Ah, uh, well, it was, <laughs> oh, they actually, different. Well, they said they said they didn't want to do it, but when I got my brother as well to come with me, they said if both of us are going, they will they will drive us all the way. So um, they didn't want to have one guy going to Nuremberg and one guy going to Schwabischal. They wanted both of us in Schwabischal or both of the, both of us in Nuremberg. So um, <laughs> we made the agreement that we both would go to Trevishal, and I think it was the best decision I made. Not the not leaving Nurmer, but because I had, a, I had a great time there, great teammates. But just the way of practice, the way of competition over there in Trevishal is just it's just different. And you can really compare it to a high school level. I mean, we only have practice two times a week, but we get so much stuff done in these two and a half hours we have. Uh, so. Um, when I went there, I actually didn't even think about going to a high school anymore. I wanted to play youth football there and uh, also got in touch with Brandon to get to a uh, uh, U.S. college. So um, that was my plan to stay in Trebuchal, play in Trebuchal, and then go mm -hmm. after my junior, yeah, junior season. So, so dad had a remark right there. So, um... <laughs> yeah, well, Max saw approached us in Kutterbach at the high school. It was uh -huh. the second time we went there. To, to show them actually more, you know, like people talking English and stuff, we needed this in those days to support their you know, scholastic career. And um, so he turned away and took his, his cell phone and then he, he came up with this screenshot telling us, oh, it's only 120 Ks. <laughs> That's a lot. So he was pretty eager in convincing us. And, uh, <laughs> we were hesitating, you know, because does it make sense to drive so far? No, I say yes. So we, we hesitated, but we never were actually against it. Mm -hmm. But um, they are doing a really good job in Schwäbisch Hall, really, as they do. And um, he needed it. He liked it there. And now after three years, I guess, three years, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, we don't regret anything. How was, the, how was that whole deal? Because I remember, I mean, because I coached there, and I remember every time the, the, the U19 and the, the juniors, they practiced before us on Wednesdays and Fridays. And I remember it would be – is either you were there or for the most part mom was there and I always see you guys sitting there waiting for your kids to finish practice I mean I could imagine it's 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 a lot because you have to balance your own jobs you know you and your wife and then also okay who's taking the kid on this day and when there's games and so forth because when you say 120 kilometers like that's one a way. lot one way man that's that, that's what yeah, one wow, way. 90 minutes or an yeah, hour 20 an hour 10 hour 15 yeah. one way <clears throat> Because I remember when you were telling me, you're like, if you guys were to have to take the train, it would be a lot longer because you have to go back into Nuremberg and then yeah. back out. So it's like, mm -hmm. it's still a trek. It's still basically a journey you're taking every practice to get there and get back. Yeah. Wow. So the first, the first two years, um, mom and dad were driving, but then Christian got his driver's license when he, when he was 18. So um, that kind of helped. But at the beginning, my parents just tried to do – try to get stuff done when they were waiting for us to finish practice. And I mean, both of my parents, they also love the sport of football and love watching it. So they had a great time watching us mm -hmm. perform in practice and scrimmage. Um, so it wasn't like they didn't have a good time doing it, 
but uh, they just had to manage and find a way to get stuff done, get school stuff done, get um, exams <laughs> uh, looked at and stuff like that. So because both of my parents are teachers, so they have the afternoon to get work done, but they can coordinate it on their own. So they have though they don't have to stay um, at their job so they can do stuff in the car or um, waiting for us. So, yeah. But it was, it was a family affair. So the son is just driving for three years. It wasn't two years. It was almost three years. And, um, but she did a lot of work there. So like correcting. So did I when I was driving once in a while. But I do the cooking. So <laughs> whenever, say, we're on the trip back home, there was this call from Ansbach. We had Ansbach. <laughs> for me, that was 22 minutes. You know, 22 minutes to get everything done. Yeah. <laughs> the sun is very disciplined. So the time they come in here to the kitchen, everything has to be done because they have to be in bed early. Every minute counts. So, you know, I, I got better and better by the week. Absolutely. So, but just to say that it's like close to 500 kilometers a week. A week. That is like close to 2,000 kilometers um, a month. You're driving yeah, but just for practice that is but i mean when you think about when you think about the sport of football um it's yeah. always that there aren't as many teams so we also had to drive to nuremberg um yeah. the years before so it was also a 30 minute drive and it was a different kind of drive because going to nuremberg we had to go in the inner city and we were stopping at basically every stop sign there was and stop light there was. So <laughs> driving to Shrevishal is like going from a village to a village. It's just, we, we counted, it's just three stop lights and <laughs> okay. going, it's just going on the highway, staying on the yeah. highway, yeah. getting off the highway and we're at the practice field. So it's pretty, it's a relaxing drive, you could say. It's not. Okay. But it's, it's I mean, the, what, yeah. what, what I like also, you know, sometimes to put some numbers out because now it's, um, you know, with, uh, Brandon bring out 61 scholarships. Um, what what the, what the kids and the parents do to getting to this point, you know, to getting to this point as TCU says, there's a scholarship. You know, this is not from come sitting at home and be the, the hero at your local team. Sometimes you have to reach your area. Sometimes you have to put something else on the table um, um, before because I can imagine, um, oh, otherwise, we coaching you know, also the juniors, how many kids calling every day, I can't come to practice. I say, why? Oh, well, no, I have this and this and this. I say, you're living five meters away from the practice field. Are you kidding me? I mean, what is so important the next two hours is you not can make it right now. So, and on the other side, they're like, oh yeah, well, I need to do to go to college. They come to practice first, you know, yeah. that, is, that, that can help you a lot. So this is uh, that's a great uh, little wrinkle on it. Yeah. No, but definitely, I mean, because then that's, I mean, I look at it too from what you're talking about. You're basically getting exposed to what it's going to be in the States or what it is in the States, you know, because at the end of the day, it's time management. Can you manage your time? Like what Coach is just talking about, we have that all the time. It's not only with the kids, it's even with the seniors. Like I've, I've heard every excuse in the book, even from guys that are in college, and when they say, hey, coach, I can't come. And even for little things, and I'm always understanding, like, I get if you have an exam and so forth. But technically, if you have an exam tomorrow, I would assume that you've been studying for this exam. And you're kind of prepared because 
I mean, I know, I know uh, your dad, James knows this too. It's like hundred percent. They are not sitting there studying 12 hours straight. Nobody's doing that. And I, I, I mean, I can say it to be honest too. I've never done that either. You know, like, and also to get that break, even if it's, even if you show up only for a kind of, if you show up for, for individuals, you do some skelly, do some team, that's maybe an hour and then you can leave. So it's, you can still come in some sort of fashion, but like, you know, you, you guys have, have had the true commitment of saying, no, we're here all the time for the most part. And if, I mean, did you miss any practices ever? Um, I think I probably missed some, but it wasn't that it wasn't that I didn't manage the time because oftentimes I even talked to my mom when we, when she said we have to get stuff done. I was like, I mean, I got basically close to three hours of a car drive. I can get stuff done while being in the car. <laughs> so, um, it was how you, you also talked about investing time and that's all it is. I mean, if you want to get better, you just have to go to the best competition. And in Germany, it's tough to find competition. Sometimes you have to go all the way to NRV to a camp to uh, work with the best coaches and play against the best players. So um, I just try to manage everything. So I had as much time as possible for football. So. Yeah. Have your have your uh, have your school grades taken a hit from it at all, or you've kind of stayed on top of that? They haven't. They haven't. Nothing. So basically, I'm always above average in my class in my class and always doing good. So I never had. To, I'm lucky that I never had to worry about um, maybe uh, dropping or anything like that. So I was always was solid going through it, and sometimes I was pretty good, and sometimes I was just average. So it worked out in the end. So. I had never had a problem with school, so that's good for me as well. Because I know other kids that that try to put everything in a football, and they think football is everything. But you want to go to a university and play there, so you also have to do the student part. So right. have to get that Because right. if even Demi was saying that the other day, he was saying because um, his, his he was talking about his grace took a small drop once he got to Rhode Island because you know you got to get accustomed to class schedule, especially yeah. there. I guess because they practice in the mornings, and for him that's completely different than where he came at from, from the school, the high school he was at in Florida. But it, it's all like, it's all part of the process, you know? And like, if you want to play in the States, you got to have grades, you know? Yeah. And also tying in now the thing you're talking about where it's like, okay, you want to play at a higher level. You want to get good coaching. Like you were saying, cause from what I know, you were going around also on weekends. And sometimes if you had like a, like a holiday week, you'd go train with somebody, train with coaches. You also now starting to get into what camps and clinics in the States or there was invites and you were doing that also in the meantime. So you're putting also full effort, not only in the school, but also the football to better all areas. Right. Yeah. So basically when you want to go to go to college directly from Germany, it's even harder for the kids because when you don't have good grades and you're in the States, you'll get help at your high school and everybody you have football and the school combined in one, but in Germany you have to, it's almost, you have to do it professional, <laughs> professionally. You have to cut out of other things. You can't go out partying on, on the weekend every time. So you just have to manage your time and it takes way more time in Germany to get school and sport done because in, in, in the States you get school done in the morning and in the afternoon you get on the field and practice. But in Germany, you might have to get the SAT. You have to study for that because it's it's required for uh, going to college, mm -hmm. and you have to do that next to school. So you have to you have to do the German school part, and then you have to do the the, the part for the NCAA eligibility. So um, it's even more for German students, and 
That's why some some kids over here in Germany, they underestimate the student part of it. They just want to be a great athlete, but in the end, you're a student athlete. And that's what, what they preach over there in the States. At every camp, they say you're a student first, athlete second. Mm -hmm. And as a kid here in Germany, you have to know that and you have to get get eligible first before showing the coaches what it's all about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before we hitting the, 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 the next thing, then with how everything works out, also with, with Brenton and all that stuff. Now you imagine this already, and there's a bigger question for you both. Where's the sometimes you are, is this the right thing I do? You say no parties on the weekend, you know, all the time in the car. You, you're sometimes sitting down at home like, what if, if I don't make it? Is there sometimes you say, damn, is this what we do right, what we do wrong? I give up so many things in your, in your use time. Or you just had this confidence, I, I will make it. Also, you as a parent, you probably say, well, is it too much, too less, whatever. So on my part, as, yeah. a, as a player, I don't think there was any doubt. Because uh, for me, it was always my goal to be the best player I can, the best football player I can, and the best uh, person on the field. And so it wasn't all about college. It was, of, of course, it was my main goal. But I... I knew if I worked for, for it as hard as I could, I would end up in a place where I would feel comfortable at because I, don't, I didn't want to be at home and thinking about what I could have done. I just wanted to know that everything I did was the maximum I could have done. So um, at the end, I will be where I belong. I will be where I, I'm supposed to get with all that I can do. So there were, for me, there wasn't any doubt. I just, if for me, it was the right thing also the process was what I liked about it. It wasn't, of course it was tough at times when, when you didn't get an offer and other kids did. And I mean, I felt great for them, but I was like, what do I have to work on? And you saw this stuff where you may be slower in the 40, you may not broad jump that much. You, you may be inaccurate in one-on-ones at the camp. So there was always stuff I had to work on. And I, I just loved also seeing me getting better and, it was all around football and in the end it would have been it would have hurt even more if i would regret not doing anything than doing it all and not making it so for me just it, it just was the process i was committed to just to give everything i had to sport yeah, yeah we never had any second thoughts uh, but one thing about schwabisch how we went there because uh, in bavaria they didn't have a league for him um, and in, in Baden-Württemberg, they had the under-16 league. So this was our main idea mm -hmm. uh, to say we do the trip because of him. He needs a league. A league yeah. uh, and um, the other thing is, um, once he started to, to work together with Brandon, we only had positive input. You know, people approached us. Brandon was one of the first who said he's got the stuff that it takes. Uh, do it, do it. And then we had the trips. Uh, the first college trip uh, that we did was Brandon with PPI. That was in yeah. 2017, and I was a bus driver. So all of a sudden, I was driving a 15-seater. So I was in the middle of it. So I never got bored. And yeah. um, actually, last year in 2019, my wife and me did another trip. So we were both bus drivers. So we had it again and again and again. And where we went to doors opened you know people yeah. were fond of him and uh, even so his his position a quarterback is quite exotic you know to bring in an european quarterback but, yeah. but he, he proved to be to be the right one 
And so we just never had any hesitation or any second thoughts. We just knew that it's something that we have to support. And so we did. Perfect. Was there a particular moment you recognize I have a chance? Was there a moment you see maybe your first visit at a Division One college is coming from a dream to be a Division One quarterback to there's a real chance I'm good enough to make it? Was there a point you're like, hey, they're not bigger, they're not faster, I'm on the edge with them? So obviously, Physical-wise and athletic-wise, I was always like better than most of the German kids and also the, the high school kids here in Europe. So that, these were the first guys I was competing against. Um, for example, Xavier Scott, the receiver from uh, – he was in a high school Bilsack. here. Bilsack. Bilsack here in Germany. And he was at UConn now. And he was one of the first highly recruited guys I, I met. And he was he's a great athlete. So I was looking at him like – I need to get like him to get to the States. But then when I first came over to the States and I was competing against guys my age, I just felt like I can, I can, I can compete with them and I can stick out because during doing the athletic part of it at the com at the combine camps, um, I was always in the top of my group in my age group. So for me, it was normal to just be around great guys and I was getting used to it and I felt more and more comfortable in this position playing against and competing with these great athlete, athletes and I would say at the end of the first tour I felt really comfortable when I was in Michigan and even Jim Harbour approached me and he talked to me and that's I would say when I thought wow this is actually possible because this guy Jim Harbour the coach from Michigan one of the winning I, I guess the winningest college football program there is at the moment um it's just it's just it was incredible to get the recognition over there in the states because i only had the recognition in germany only had people in germany talking to me and saying hey you're so good and i was i was like i know i'm good in germany but i want to i want to match up with the guys over there in the states so when jim harbour talked to me this was probably the the day that i said okay it's possible for me and now i'm just gonna work as hard as i can to get to a program where I feel comfortable and yeah. But at the same time, and I know this, cause I remember, I mean, I was at Hall at that time when all this was kind of happening and I would have interesting conversations with coach Newman there where, cause like, for example, like this was also the thing, like if you're missing and you kind of know this, the way that Hall is ran, if you're missing, you can't start. Right. So, and I know they had another quarterback there with basically you two battling for the position. And I think a lot of times like, based on like because you couldn't come and so forth because you had to make these trips to the states with the camps and stuff like was there was there a conflict now there where like your but now let's say your german football career in Schwabisch high was also getting having an effect right yeah so the the year i was a i would say rookie in the u19s so or freshman you could say um the other guy was a senior and it was last year and i didn't get the starting job in the end because just so I, I don't know there was a coaching decision i was i didn't agree with it but okay. <laughs> that's what they, I, I ran with it and i i never I, I i tried never to be disrespectful or anything i just uh had a part as the second qb so it gave me a little bit more freedom to go to states and not to be worried about having my home team left that's alone fair. so that all in the end it even gave me the chance to do the texas tour in july 
when I missed the quarterfinals. So in the end, it worked, it worked out the right way. And I mean, I never regret any decision I've made and I never, I'm never worried about any decision because in the end it will open other doors and looking back at it, it all makes sense now and it all worked out perfectly. So I was of course pissed out, pissed, pissed off at the moment, but um, I mean, the other guy was around 24 seven and I missed a few practices being in, being all over the place. So yeah. Cause I mean, that's the tough part. I mean, you go, both of you guys knowing how the, how the Swedish Hall setup is. It's like, they're not going to hand stuff out just because you're the better player. I mean, this is the thing, right? And it's, it's kind of tough sometimes to look at as a coach. You have a guy who basically is a D1 quarterback recruit in the States, you know, and nothing against the other kid, but it's, there's a big discrepancy when we're looking at, okay, I got these two guys in the position. Who should I go with? You know, and I can imagine even like kind of now, now you were talking about it saying, you look at, you look back at it now and you say, you know what, there's a reason why it ended up this way. It gave me the liberty to be able to kind of now progress to this situation. Is that the thing, like you say, what if it be a situation where you kind of feel bad and it's kind of holding you back from, let's say, getting to those camps, getting to that July visit that from Brandon talked to us about actually was, and we'll talk about it, it was originally planned yeah, um, Taylor and so forth. So that has a big effect, you know, especially for your development as a player. And then also, like you said, you don't want to hurt your teammates. So that's huge because a lot of guys your age and even older guys, they wouldn't think that way, you know. So that's one of those, those toughies right there. Yeah, that was an interesting story. Um, it was on 24th of April, about 12 months from now, that he was in Wiesbaden and James Franklin, head coach of Penn State, approached him and said, yeah, you're going to be a Division One quarterback. So my wife took him and drove all the way to Schwäbisch Hall. I, I drove to Turinga where I have a hut in the woods. And she called me and said, can you imagine if they're going to let the other guy start? And so I had to calm down my wife, you know. <laughs> and Alexander was sad, but he took it like a pro. He was a real pro. He's a team player, and, and as I told you before, whenever a door closes, another one will open for us. Mm -hmm. And so we made those trips to the States, especially the one to Texas. He wouldn't have done it as a, as a starting quarterback. So Texas, the Baylor offer, the TCU offer came in because of that. So now we are mm -hmm. the big grinners and the winners. And uh, <laughs> well, that's it. Smiling honeys. <laughs> And, and, and the big thing for me is also talking about, it's like, like we've been talking about already essentially with everything. It's like, you guys have been trusting the process and you've been trusting Brandon through this whole time. And the people that kind of already know what we talked about before, it's like, he, he, he's the CEO and fran, uh, founder of PPI recruits. So like alongside this whole thing, you got Brandon that's helping you out. So like, this is all tying into where it's like, you guys know, okay, this is what it's going to take. And he's also in your ear telling you, Hey, like this, these are the steps we're taking to get you where you want to go. Because, and I know, like, I, I talked to Brandon about it, too. I remember the one time when I sit at your guys' house, it was for a PPI event, and, you know, your dad, James, asked me point blank, like, are we doing the right thing going with, with Brandon? Because we don't have to talk about it, but it also brings in the whole recruiting aspect where a lot of people think recruiters are only out here looking for money. And you got a guy that's doing it because he, he's been through the process himself, and if people don't know the story, it's a very interesting story. What he went through, basically, he sold himself to get himself a scholarship. And that's what he's, he's using his experiences and connections to help other kids who don't necessarily have those opportunities like he did coming out of high school to help guys out like you. And that's very interesting because, you know, along the way, you are going to have these thoughts and saying, you know what, like, because that's life. We're human. We're always going to be thinking in the back of our minds, are we doing the right thing? But you've had a guy with Brandon PPI who's been like, you know what, as long as we stay the course, it's going to pay off. And when you see now from where it started, 
And, you know, and there's been always people out there, naysayers saying, you know what, like, it's not going to work and blah, blah, blah. But like Coach already mentioned, 61 scholarships later, you're, you're one of those, you know, and it's a big one because it is a top school in the States that now you're essentially looking at getting to, you know. So my biggest thing is I, talking to you guys is how much of an influence you would say and how much does Brandon mean to you guys along this whole journey because he has had a big, a big impact on it. Yeah, so Brandon basically played the biggest part in my recruitment because he was the guy that he was the only guy I would say in Germany that could tell me that I had what it take and I would believe him and not just be like, okay, he's another guy who just saw me play my hometown team. So um, he was the guy that brought me over there the first time for these college camps. And he got me on the, on this surface of college football and he showed me around and he got me in front of all these great coaches and he always told me to trust the process and in the end it will always work out and I I was just glad that I had him through this whole process to have him around and just have him support me in my recruitment because recruiting is hard not only for the US kids but especially for the European kids is way tougher because you're not in front of these coaches 24 seven. You just have to get there. And when you get the chance, the coach looks at you, you have to perform. And mm -hmm. when the coach is looking at you, you have to be the best player you can be. So Brandon gave me the chance to do that a lot of times to get in front of coaches. And in the end, it all worked out. I mean, he was, he was fighting for me to uh, get there and fighting for me to get the chance. Mm -hmm. And of course, I was always trying to trying to follow his path, I would say. And I think all these 61 other kids or 60 other kids that did that, they, they don't regret it because he just, he talked about it being possible and you wouldn't believe it right away. But looking at, back at it now, it was, it was just a crazy trip with PPI. It, it just, <laughs> it was basically all of my recruiting um, was helped by him just uh, being next to me and comforting me. And because as a European, you don't know anything about recruiting. You don't have friends that went through the whole process. So you, it's a firsthand experience. And um, he helped me just to, yeah, not be, not be um, afraid of all the process and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon is brilliant. He really is a nice guy and helped us a lot. And, uh, always supported us. In the beginning, he was a little bit shy about him, you know, because he's a skilled player and a quarterback. How can you bring a quarterback over there? Mm -hmm. They are looking for offensive linemen first. That's it. If they need O linemen, then maybe D linemen and maybe a linebacker or a defensive end or something like tight end. Yes, maybe a tight end. And of course, a punter or a kicker. But a quarterback? Nah. So he proved. Um, the problem was to find a coach here in Germany and you don't find any coaches here or hardly can find any. And we, well, we were advised to join with Peter Raletsky, who worked in those days with, with uh, Brandon. And uh, Peter was a real help for us, enormous help. So we tried to bring Alexander up there, up to Paderborn um, as, as often as we could. It didn't ha happen too often, but he stayed there uh, at his place. And uh, that was fine. Good workout. And he progressed every time. And... Um, also, Peter, when it comes to the position of quarterback, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And Brandon, he's got the experience. You know, he's not a guy who just sneaked in. He's coming out of there. He's coming from the States. He did it. He played on the highest level. And, um, yeah, he's the number one guy to go to. No, it's like it's what both of you guys were just talking about. I mean, at the end of the day, you need 
it's good to have people around you to help guide you in those instances. Like right now with the recruiting process, you're saying like hundred percent, like, and, and I see this all the time and you can see it on clips when Brandon posts like the videos where you see some of these kids that show up to those showcases, you know, and you can tell they're not used to the pace and what is expected. Like, for example, offensive line, when they go O-line, D-line, it's rapid fire. You got to run back up to the line and so forth. And it's funny, you look at those little things because this is the thing, right? And, of course, a lot of those are invitationals. But for the most part, the kids that are there, they're good enough, right? There's a reason why they're there. And, I mean, Alex knows this, too. It's like they're looking for that it factor, right? Do you have that motor? Are you busting your butt? Are you getting up? If, let's say you do get beat because it happens all the time, right? Are you, are you getting up and running back to the line? Let's go the next rep. You know, those are the things where for a lot of kids, they're not used to that fast pace because, and sad to say it, but a lot of programs and coaches don't push that, don't make it an emphasis out here in Europe. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, you got to know it's like this. So 100%, at least being in that Swedish Hall system, that helps you out also as well. Because for the most part, for what I know, everything is rapid fire. Um, but at the same time, it's like, like you just said, at the end of the day, and I haven't talked to Brandon about it. For me, in my opinion, what Brandon does and sends those invites out for the, for the tours and stuff, that is your invite to the, to the job interview, you know? Now, you get the job is when you're there. Brandon's like, all right, you got to put it in now because basically all the work's been done for you now. Now it's up to you to show up at that day, you know, and perform in front of scouts. And that's the biggest thing where a lot of Europeans, they're, like you said, they're not used to it. They haven't been exposed to it. So it's good that you have guys like Brandon. You have guys like Peter, for example, where you do have a really good coach, especially – I don't know how many hours away that was for you. How many hours was the drive to get to him, like Peter? Four hours. Four hours? I was in that train a lot of time, so it was yeah. – So we picked him up and brought him back home. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, you do what you got to do, right, to get you there because essentially you got someone over here who's putting all the work to get you say, hey, you know what, we got whatever camp in – in five, eight months, and you got to be ready to go. And you're looking at it, and you're like, I'm not letting this chance slip by. Because for a lot of Europeans, they don't know this. Like, those chances never come around a second time, ever, you know? That's big. Yeah, absolutely. How – talk about TCU. How was the workout – how was the stay, this workout at TCU, and how was this incredible feeling – getting the call or how was it the call the letter how <laughs> the guys saying and your mom was excited too i saw that you're getting this <laughs> because for me i have no idea why your story maybe i hope it will come your story on pro seven or sad eins or wherever is the first european callback and when you put out the starting job i hope so that will be Nobody did it done before. You know, this is what is it's in the sports world. Nobody did it done before. How was it? How was it over there? So um, I actually went to uh, Baylor um, uh, the end of July. So my plan was to get to the Baylor camp and perform and get the Baylor offer. And <clears throat> because uh, Brandon was talking to a recruit and I was talking to a recruit and it, all, it almost seemed like... Um, I would get the Baylor offer if I just show up and show everything I did on tape. Um, so I went to Texas with my mom and uh, we were staying there and Brandon had a group of guys with him and they went to uh, Houston <coughs> and uh, I didn't go there. I went to Texas A&M, but we didn't camp there. We just visited. And then two days before the Baylor camp, there was a TCU camp. 
And basically, I actually thought I wouldn't do the camp. I just would watch the other guys do the camp and just look at, look around at TCU and have a good time that day and just trying to, trying to get my body right for the camp at Baylor. And then when I was at TCU, um, the QB coach approached me and um, he wanted me to do the camp because um, he saw my tape from the West Virginia camp in, Ju in June, which I did on the main tour. And he saw, saw that tape and followed me on Twitter and um, wanted to meet me in person. So um, I talked to, talked to him and he wanted me to do the camp. And uh, then I did the camp with the other guys from Brandon's group and, uh, of course, the American kids. And, but I didn't want to do the, the athletic part, the combine part of it, because for me, there was no, I mean, I didn't see the, the, I didn't see why I should do the 40 yard dash and all the broad jump and everything, because I would do it again, like 30 hours later at Baylor. So um, I didn't do that. I just did the, the QB individual drills and the one-on-ones. And after that, I also talked to um, the QB uh, GA at the time and Kenny Hill a former QB from TCU I talked to him and we he took me to get some pictures done in TCU gear and actually didn't get an offer that evening <laughs> and we went home again and the night before the Baylor camp it was at 10 p.m. I guess um, the coach texted me and said hey Alex I need you to call me uh, with the number and um, we were actually on the way home from the Baylor visits because we visited Baylor that evening and um, then I called him and he told me that I would have an offer for to TCU and it, it was incredible I mean for me my head in my head I was preparing for the Baylor camp the day ahead um, but it was just incredible feeling because um, it's just being at these campuses and being at these facilities it's just a whole different level than anything you have expect, uh, experienced in Germany. It's just football is so big over there, especially in Texas. It's just, mm -hmm. it's football heaven over there. So um, I was really, I was, it was a crazy feeling. I couldn't sleep that night. I went to the Baylor camp with like five hours of sleep or something. <laughs> so um, it was, it was great. And I had my mom with me and uh, also got the Baylor offer the next day. So I had these two offers in two days, mm -hmm. um, which was incredible. Never even imagined uh, getting those offers, these big time schools, big 12 schools. And then on the way back to the airport, the day before flying back home, um, we visited TCU just to see the campus and look at everything. And me and my mom, we just loved everything about TCU. And um, for me, there wasn't any other school I would really want to offer from. So it was just everything was so perfect at TCU that I didn't want to wait any longer. And I committed right away on the, like the day before I flew back home. So I just wanted to get it done before heading back to Germany. And in the end, I mean, it turned out to be perfect because now I'm not allowed to go to States again. Um, yes. So yeah. it was, it was just great to get it done. And because it's tough for Europeans when the coaches don't see you play, they will, lose you and it's like out of sight out of mind so um it felt perfectly and i just wanted to commit and i'm just so happy it turned out that way and that i can have that great coaching staff and the great facilities over there just to i mean it felt it felt it felt right and my mom said it as well and if mom approves i mean <laughs> there's no no other decision to make yeah yeah 
And for your parents, how you feel after this long journey starts with the conversation, the practice in Schwäbischal, your brother, and then years later, you're getting this TCU offer, finally. That was great, but I had to go to school, so I was working. So <laughs> that was the reason why I wasn't on the trip. But as I told you, uh, so Sunday was very sad uh, in April when uh, this didn't work out with a starting job. And then um, three months later, she was on the trip because he was not the starter. This allowed him uh, and, and, uh, and my wife to go there, though she made a trip with my son to Texas, you know, leaving me alone. So <laughs> that, was, that was a a blast. You know, she loves TCU, the color. She is not very fond of this animal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a little bit spooky. But I remember the first offer he, he got was the one from uh, from UMass. And this uh, was here in Germany, in, in Munich. And we all hugged each other. So it was, that was for us three, you know. And yeah. for the other son we do have, Christian, great yeah. athlete. So we were smiling all day long. But then they popped up like Baylor and TCU, and we had so many talks from other schools which said, your time will come. So they expected him to show up in 2020 mm -hmm. for another trip, which he, well, didn't do, couldn't do, and yeah. well, won't do. Mm -hmm. And um, so we, are, we were really happy. So it was very positive for the family. But this is not the end. Now it really starts. Oh, absolutely. I mean... 50, you can imagine to play in front of 50,000 people. This is the stadium of TCU, 50,000 people. I think they even they even upgraded it and put some... Put oh, some okay, okay. Yeah, they, they put like big sweets on it and the, yeah. the, at the top and they have a new scoreboard and everything. So it's getting, it's getting even bigger over there. And it's just, I can't really imagine playing in front yeah. of all of these guys. I mean... I would say the biggest crowd I ever played in front of was a few hundred people, like yeah. 200 people. So um, it will be mind-blowing for me. But, um, I mean, that's what I work for. And just just thinking about being there, is, is, it's incredible for me. And I just can't wait to get there. And it's a crazy feeling. But now, I mean, all lies on me. And I just have to work and work even harder and um, get on a whole another level just to um, show up there and um, compete with these guys. So oh, it's just true. it's just getting started right now. And 100% what you're saying, where it's just getting started. And I hope you realize that because a lot of guys don't. When you get now, especially like everybody talks about that transition now, let's say from high school, because this is high school for you, from high school ball to college is a completely different animal, you know? Like there, like, in, and a lot of guys said, said it, and even um, Demi, also you know him as well, he said, he said, every day is a game day. Yeah. Every day is a game day. You got to show up. Because if you don't show up, just like you said, just the way they lose you in recruiting, coaches will essentially forget about you, even though you're on that, that roster, right? They'll forget about you if you're not putting in that effort, you know? Because this, this is the worst thing to do, and it says, and we always try to tell our players too, is like, don't be one of those guys who thinks, okay, I've made it because the work just get started, especially now when you got to bind to their system, to their vision as coaches, what is their goal for that coming year? You got to be one of the guys that wants to be a part of that ride, you know, and especially now, you know, if, if you want to take that next journey and say, what can we do with this college career? Because this is a thing. And this is my honest question to you. Do you feel like there's more pressure now? Because this is the thing, right? It, it got blown up in the media, right? Everybody and anybody's talking about it. 
you know, because the second they came out, everybody was talking about it. Was it Ranchport was talking about it? Rivals was talking about it in the States. I mean, there was a ton of other um, sports news channels, and there was posts being made everywhere and articles. But it's like, do you feel pressure now? Because, and I even said it sometimes, say it to Brandon, I'm like, I'm like, if he makes it to the NFL this big. And it's funny because people are talking about this already, and you haven't even stepped on the campus yet, like, officially registered. Is there any pressure when you start hearing about that? Or do you say, you know what? I'm not listening to that noise yet. I mean, for me, the pressure isn't coming from the outside. It's just me pressuring myself and it's just me setting my own goals. I don't really care about all the media stuff. For me, it's just, I don't want to disappoint myself rather than disappointing other people that think I will be the next Tom Brady. Because <laughs> these guys, I would... I mean, these are the guys that didn't know me before I got the offer. And these are the guys that won't know me if I won't play uh, in the NFL playoffs <laughs> in a few years. So there are a lot of guys that that think that uh, you could think that they would pressure me or that their expectations would pressure me. But it isn't like that. It's just basically it is myself putting pressure on me to perform and to get on another level and to show up at TCU. So um, it's basically me setting my goals and these goals are way bigger than any other kid or any other guy could tell me what I should do. So it's just making my own goals is my biggest goal for me. So the biggest achievement for me is reaching my own goals and I don't care what other people say. And I mean, on the football field, there's no hype or anything. It's just either you perform or you don't. So it's, it doesn't matter how many articles or how many, sh how many people talked about you. It doesn't matter. It's just either you perform or you don't. So it's just, it's just between me and me and not between me and all these other uh, media. Yeah. What do you want to study? Um, I'm not 100% sure yet, but I want to go maybe health or physical education that way okay. because I'm pretty, I have, uh, I have uh, physical education as a finals, as a abitur uh, subject. And it's a lot about the body and injuries and rehab and all that. That's really interesting for me and just mm -hmm. getting, I would think about doing the health uh, uh, health degree and um, maybe combine it with physical education because that's just what I love doing and that's the only subject I loved learning I had a great time and I wanted to study so um, I feel like that would be really interesting for me but I'm not 100% sure, sure yet right. right you know already how you will live there or is this um, up in the future a point you have to talk with university you're living in a Complex. I mean, I was at Ole Miss, so some guys living in a huge complex, some guys, the star players, they're, <laughs> they're living in the private houses. Um, I don't know how it is to set up at TCU in Texas. Um, uh, so, you know there's something already? So what the coach told me at TCU, you have to stay on campus in the dorms uh, for your freshman and sophomore year. Um, but I would have visited TCU in April. So a few weeks ago, I would have went there with my dad and did the Elite 11 camp. Um, so I would have known more <laughs> by then. But um, of course, uh, we didn't get to travel there because of the travel restrictions. 
So um, I haven't really talked about that with the coaches so or with the university. So for me, just uh, I just I've seen the campus and I've seen everything about it. But I'm not 100% sure yet where I'm gonna live or what I'm gonna study or what I'm exactly my date isn't planned yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, and and for dad, um, I mean, kind of looking at all this, especially since you know you're a teacher yourself. Um, do you have any advice for him where you're saying, you know what, now that you go to college, cause this is the next journey. You guys aren't going to be there physically now for those, you know, those, those one, one and a half hour drives anymore, you know, and back and then having those meals prepared for him. He's going to have to do this on his own. Now, is there anything you've already been talking to him about once you slowly get to that point about, I mean, cause it's the thing you've already been talking about. You're, you're a man that talks about there's things that happen in life for a reason trust the process you're, it looks like you're somebody that talks about life lessons to your kids because you've been through a lot and you've also played football like you talked about you've gone through through some things in life is there some stuff that you tell them like once you get there like watch out for these things or do things a certain way because I mean I always look at it too I always think just like my mom did with me if I'm ever going to have kids I won't tell them what to do but I'll tell them some things just like please do this maybe another way because I tried it this way and it didn't work out well, basically, I'm about to step back a little bit because uh, he just turned 18 and his progress in terms of uh, athleticism and English or whatever is uh, way beyond mine. Mm -hmm. So what kind of advice can he expect from me? Uh -huh. I've never been to Texas. I wanted to go there this, this April and this was skipped. Out. Um, I don't know. He has to do his own uh, march, his own progress, and um, find out what's right and wrong. In, in, in the United States, there are some things you better don't do. Those are do's and don'ts, especially in Texas. I can't teach him, so he has to be clever enough to, to learn it by himself and, and watch the rules, go by the rules. And when it comes to his college career, uh, academic-wise, um, I'm a teacher, yes. Uh, Susanne is actually a doctor of medicine, so maybe the input in terms of health comes from her side. And I appreciate this because uh, she can put a lot into him as well. Mm -hmm. um, but he will, he will do it. Um, we thought about business, but then the kid could be gone forever because business <laughs> only is good for the United States, also for Germany. But, but maybe, maybe we should give him a chance to come back to Germany. And, um, well, we also said that if this doesn't work out with America, that if he comes back after, let's say, four years, and you need extra support here, like to do another college here, then, well, we're going to finance it. It's uh, not that dramatic here, but we're going to do it, and, and we won't blame him for what he didn't do over there. Uh, so we, he will have the full support until he, he will have finished college either over there or over here. And at the end of the day, I mean, we all know, especially you know as a teacher, it's like so in this day and age, you need to have an education. You of know, course. So that's, a, that's what everybody always preaches and even our coaches and mom always said it to me like just get that paper you know you get the paper that's what you're getting out of it at the end of the day you know it's that free education um how how was mom has she already been kind of like I mean it's it's of course it's it's far away from that point but I could imagine you know it's 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 her youngest son you know and then he's gonna be gone well you want to speak for mom or me mm. <laughs> <laughs> so of course she Along all the the whole process always was tough for her because, I mean, at the end of the day, she doesn't want me to <laughs> go to the States, but she always says, if I'm happy, then she's happy. So if she, she saw me at TCU and she just saw how happy I was 
and she's also excited about me watching me play there. Right. So um, at the end of the day, he's just she she's just happy about everything I do, and if I'm happy, I mean she's 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 okay with it. <laughs> no, definitely. Well, we appreciate you having you guys on the show. All right. Thank you nothing but the best, especially in this situation where hopefully everything kind of gets handled slowly but surely, especially for you, because that's that's a very big step now. Um, going from over here to the to the states with this whole uh, quarantine situation and travel ban, but hopefully everything works out, and then it's closer to that day where you get to move, and ultimately, you know, hopefully the family goes to watch you live, you know, on a game day. That'd be big, you know. But wish you all nothing but the best, okay? And then stay safe, and then. We'll talk, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you. Right. Thank you so much, Sebastian and Queen. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. -bye. Bye.